What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi. Today is Monday. It's Monday night, um, October four. Actually, you know what? It just turned twelve o. Was it twelve o three? So I'm calling it late Monday night. It'll be up tonight. But if you go by the books, it is a very, very. It is three minutes into Tuesday. October 15th, 2013. You guys listening to episode 131. Um, I'm really going to try putting these things out on Sunday night. I want it to be out so you guys could have it for work on Monday. Um, that's what I'm looking to do. But anyway, here we are. I'm sitting here. I got I got my um, Ocean Spray Craisins, which I'm addicted to, in front of me. And I got my flavored seltzer water. And I am ready to give you guys a good episode. I got some cool stuff to talk about. Um, some stuff with comedy. Uh, trying to put together this half hour. Also, um, stuff with the dog. Stuff with my mattress. I'm going to make fun of some sports people today. So it should be fun. It should be a good show. Uh, going to talk about how I slipped on my diet. A bunch of cool stuff to talk about. So sit back, relax, buckle up. If you are a Verzi, I don't know what what would you what do you call the Verzi effectors? Verzi effectors, whatever fans. Thank you if you are listening. As I shove my face with craisins. By the way, if you like raisins and you like cranberries, you got to try craisins. Ocean spray craisins are fucking unbelievable. Unbelievable. I'm eating some right now. Um I gotta tell you, really like oddly refreshing, just a weird thing to eat, but tastes amazing. This episode is brought to you by Ocean Spray Craisins. I'm kidding. All right, I'm in a goofy, happy, fun mood here. So let's get this going. I'm gonna take a sip and I'm gonna stop eating and drinking like an unprofessional dickhead and get into the show. All right, that's what we're gonna do. Ah, there we go. Okay, I'm back. I'm ready to go. And we're going to get through this show. Actually, that's the show. I got to run. I just, imagine if, imagine if I just posted this up two minutes and 38 seconds and I just talked about ocean spray craisins and like flavored seltzer water. And I was like, listen, you know what? I got to go, guys. You guys, I'll be there next week. I know this is like over 45 minutes short. I think that would lose my fans, and rightfully so, and then that would have to be unacceptable for next week. All right, here we go. So here's what I'm doing, everybody. I'm working on a tape, okay? I'm working on trying to get my Comedy Central half-hour tape out. That's what I'm, I'm looking to do. And as you guys know, if you listen to the show, there are some times where the show is comedy-heavy. There's some times where it's really not much of comedy. I like to give um, a little bit of mix, you know, and a lot of people that have reviewed my podcast say, oh, you know, it's a nice in-depth look to what, you know, really goes on with the comics. So uh, it's not going to be too com- comedy-heavy, but to start off the show, I will let you guys in on that the way that I let you guys in on the, um, you know, the Montreal Comedy Festival process and, and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, you know, that we go through as comedians as we're, you know, moving up in this business. So, um, I'll let you guys know what's going on with this thing and boom, inviting you into the real shit. How about that? You're welcome. Write some reviews, fuckers. Here we go. Now, when you do the half hour for Comedy Central, you know, they obviously gotta, I mean, you gotta, I mean, you could do it with a light crowd, but you don't really want to, I mean, you want them to see where the laughs really come, so, um, fortunately for me, uh, the stand was kind enough to let me, Pete Davidson, and, uh, Adrian Apolucci, uh, tape our, our half hours last night, hosted by Aaron Berg, who was hilarious, did a great job, and, um, and I got to tell you, it was, you know, it, it wasn't that nerve wracking because I have other shows coming up where I'm going to tape it and I'm never going to hand anything in if I don't feel 100% captures, you know, me and what I do. Um, so Pete went on first and then Adrian went on and I was worried like, man, you know, there's a host and then two comedians doing a half hour. Are they going to be tired? And I got to be honest, they, they, they were great. I mean, they weren't like the greatest. 
here's what the crowd was. And by the way, if you did come out last night, really, we really appreciate you guys. I mean, when I tell you this crowd was like respectful to the taping, but they were real and honest with the laughs. They laughed in the right places. They were attentive. They listened to everything, which is great. That's all you could really ask for. Um, but they were like, I don't know, for everybody. Everybody kept saying, man, I got the laughs where I was supposed to, but it just wasn't like... Like, they did pop sometimes, but it was just like one of those, man, they're giving like 80% of what the jokes usually get for everybody. But um, other than that, like I said, they were great. And uh, I ended up, you're supposed to do like 30 minutes on the button. I ended up doing like 30 minutes and like 49 seconds, something like that. And I was really happy with it. I told two stories in it where... They're like long. They're long stories. I mean, not long, but for a 30-minute set, I mean, these are stories. They were definitely, you know, story, like parts where like there's not laughs because I'm telling a story and then boom, the payoff has to work. Luckily, the payoff worked for both stories and it happened to be great. Um, and something that really, you know, really cool happened was um, there was uh, FX. There were some people from the FX network there. Uh, Tracy Morgan was actually in the crowd and something really cool happened. I was outside and I guess Tracy was in the room when I was on stage and cause they were putting him up after me and, um, cause he, sh I guess he's shooting some kind of pilot or something. I don't know, but he got on stage and started talking about my last story. And then I went outside and there was a publicist there going, man, that last story was great. You had a great set. And then the lady from FX was like, man, that story was so entertaining and great. And I started feeling really good about the story. And then Tracy Morgan came outside and he looked at me and he just walked up to me. He's like, hell, man, you know, good luck, man. And, and you know, this and that. And he goes, oh, I'm working on, you know, my hour that I just taped was doing a lot of what you're doing, man, telling stories and doing that. Like saying all this nice stuff and good luck and came up and gave me a pound and all that. And it was really cool, man, because, you know, Tracy Morgan has... has not only, you know, I mean, Tracy Morgan's characters are, are brilliant, and um, that guy has, you know, not just glimpses of brilliance. I mean, that guy really, like, when that guy talks honest, it's great. And I think sometimes, and we were talking about it a little, how people, like, when when you're vulgar, they, they take the vulgarity, and they don't see the joke with it. You know, they don't really see, all they kind of hear is what they want to hear, which is either, the you know, the negative, or, oh, that person was cursing. You know, that person was, that person was, that, that was just gross. I don't want to hear that. And they're not actually really listening to the joke. And sometimes that's the comedian's fault. But if you really listen to certain honest comedians, whether it's filthy or not, you can really see the brilliance. And Tracy Morgan does a lot of that. So uh, for him to come up to me was great and talk to me. And then he was giving me some advice on on turning people and stories into characters and stuff. It was just really cool. So, you know, that, that was a really cool thing. Um... My dilemma is this, and this is what I'm happy. This is what I'm happy about. Um, what I'm happy about is uh, this weekend, and I'll plug it at the end of the show again. But this weekend, I'm doing five shows, and I'm going to be doing 25, 30 minutes each show. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tape more and then send them the one that I like the best because you just never want to give any excuse like even though I felt like I had a really good set and the stories hit and everybody was engaged and and it was entertaining and good and you know you just never want to give an excuse like oh maybe that story took took a while and even though it paid off Maybe those two stories he needs to cut down. I don't even want to give them an excuse because everything was hitting. Everything did what I wanted to do, but I don't want one excuse. You know, and if you guys have listened to the earlier episodes and, you know, comedians told me, man, that 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 episode you dealt, you know, you talked about when you talked about Montreal is really like really uplifting and really lets an up and coming comedian know. So, again, if you're not into comedy and you just listen to me uh, rant and talk shit, I apologize. And I do have some stuff to get to. Like I said, I'm going to talk about a, a ton of shit on here today, but I I definitely want to, you know, talk about this and, and really get get. uh into the honesty of what, what this entails, because there are people out there, and I know that if I was a young comedian, I would listen to, to me, because this podcast is the shit, no, what I'm saying is, it always helps to have that, you know, to have the same way when, when somebody who's been doing it longer than you comes up and says, hey, great set, that lifts you up, well, if you could listen to somebody go through things that you don't know 
if or when or how you're going to go through them. Because I didn't know if or when I would have an opportunity for Montreal or if and when I'd ever have an opportunity for Comedy Central to give me a special or look at a tape to even give me a special. And the fact that these things are happening lets me know, yes, it is possible for anybody if you work hard and you're funny and you put it in. But, you know, for me, um, the way that I got Montreal was, you know, different than how other people do. I, I was able to to skip the new faces process and, and go out there and get paid, but it was because I was clearly ready and it, they just knew that that's how they had to get me in and, and things, you know, were changing and, and I needed to, to do it. So I had to have, I had to have a great set and I could leave no excuses and that's what I did. And I feel like this, you know, that's the same thing here. You know, um, and I understand the business. This business is not, this business is about like who's going to be watching. And does this person have a TV show? I don't give a fuck. This person's doing comedy for three or four years. If it's somewhat funny and there's going to be a lot of people watching. I mean, Comedy Central's smarter than that, though. I mean, they put people on that they think can deliver and be funny, but a lot of times it is. It is, you know, who who's you know, selling a ton of tickets and who's doing that. So I don't want to leave any excuses. I just want them to go, yo, this dude is funny. This dude is ready. Yeah, let's give, let's put this dude on. That That's where, you know, I'm at. So um, even though I feel really good with the taping last night, and again, if you did come out, man, thank you. Because we were, you know, it, it's a 90-seater, and we were worried it was a Sunday at 7 o'clock. And the coolest thing is it by the time the show really got going, it was 90% filled, which is amazing. So they, they, they came out for the tapings for us, and it was really good. Um, if I had to send that tape, it wouldn't be the end of the world. I would be confident in them being able to see what I can do, but I want to have the opportunities to do it more times. So that that's where, you know, that's where I stand. And anybody listening or, or who, you know, have this opportunity just make sure like when you know the deadline of any time any kind of tape you know any kind of tape that you have to give whether it would be for a short set a late night set you know a longer set whichever network it is whatever showcase it is never leave an excuse because if you as the performer can see it and go yeah but then imagine what somebody who wants to cut you out is gonna say They'll see that shit coming from a mile away. You, you're you. So you're going to be like, oh, you know what? Fine, that's the one thing I'll overlook. You know, but somebody who who wants to cut you out because in the back of their mind, they maybe have the slots filled already because that's what happens. I mean, that's honest. That's real. They know who they, they, they have a, an idea of, okay, there's going to be X amount of submissions and... You know, there's this amount of people from L.A., there's this amount of people from, from New York, there, there's this amount of people from here. We went here, we auditioned people here. And any network and any kind of showcase kind of has an idea of who and what they want. So when you're not it, and I'm not saying I'm not it for this. I mean, if I'm funny, they'll put me on. But what I'm saying is, like, you don't want to leave any excuses for them to say, well, you know what? We know, but we need a better submission. This dude's funny, but like he can't do that. So I don't want to leave that. I want to make sure. Now, I don't even know if that's the case. It kind of seemed like that, but everyone's like, oh my God, that story was so great. Maybe they'll see that it's great, but that's why I'm going to do more. So um, that was that process for me. And I hope that was uh, two things. One, uh, <laughs> educational with the process and two, entertaining. I hope it didn't bore you to death. Somebody who hates comedy is like, all right, asshole, are you going to, can I just hear the unacceptable for the week and leave? No, I'm going to leave the unacceptable for the week till later, you dick, so you have to listen. So keep running on the treadmill. Put that little fucking incline hill you're doing higher and let me do what I do. So that was that. Um, I slipped on my diet today. I had pizza. And I'm not going to lie. It was everything I would ever hope and imagine pizza would be. And it wasn't even fresh and hot from the oven from a pizzeria. My wife brought a pie home that needed to be reheated in the oven. Which you're probably saying, when a pizza is... I'm going to talk about pizza on this episode. So if you like pizza, you're going to like episode 131. Uh, um, I'm going to talk about different toppings. Okay, I'm going in with pizza right now. Okay. So it's actually probably good if you are running or doing something because you're not going to feel, not that words would make you feel fat, but I'm going to really make you want to go run to a pizzeria. So you're going to go from the treadmill to the pizzeria or the deli or wherever the hell you fucking get a slice where you are. But Oh, and I got to talk about this deli near me in Connecticut. 
All right, let me get into the pizza first. So when you haven't had pizza for a while and then you have it, doesn't matter. It's just this, it's just this blissful, it's kind of like the, the foodie or like fat person version of like the heroin, like the first heroin thing. Like you just bite and, and, and thank God I'm not fat, you know, and I've lost weight. I'm doing good, but I feel, I felt like a fat when I bit it. I think I might've even closed my eyes. And that's when you know something is good. When you bite it and you close your eyes and you're just like, oh my God. Like I, I would, I'm not leaving this moment. Like if I started to just like hemorrhage from the nose, I probably would have just tilted my head back and put a rag there and kept chewing the slice of pizza. It, it, it was it like the emergency could have waited. I loved it. And then I'm like, I'm going to have two slices. And I think it ended up being, then I do that thing where you try to be good. Because you know you cheated. So after I had two slices, I should have been done. But then I took the pizza cutter we have in the house and I cut another slice in half. And my wife just looked at me and goes, why don't you just fucking eat the other sliver? Like a sliver. It's not. And then I was like, no, no, I'm done. Two and a half. That's it. And then, of course, like four minutes later, I just go, you know, what am I doing? She goes, I don't know. And then I ended up eating that. So I, uh, I ended up eating pizza today. It was unbelievable. I blotted the grease on a couple of them. As, as if that's going to fucking matter, as if those 10 calories are going to matter after you're eating pizza. But listen, I've been doing good. I've been staying away from dairy. I've been staying away from carbs. Cut me a break, everybody. I had some pizza. But I've also been eating that, that chopped. You guys have those chopped salad places near you? You know what I'm talking about. Where they think they're doing something special and different, but it's just some fucking asshole with like a double-sided hand axe and they just go back and forth and they chop up your they chop up your lettuce and you think it's this big scientific they you know they have all these like blade signs and the and the and the lights in the air are like blades you know and you know they have all the toppings and you think it's and it is don't get me wrong it, it is awesome because they have a ton of dressings they have a ton of toppings it, so it's cool in that sense but you're not doing anything special so, um, I go in there and I get my my salad, they dump it and they chop it up, and, and it was good. I felt good doing that. So maybe in the back of my mind, I was like, I can have pizza. But there's another pizzeria by me. They got this pizza called the Cherry Bomb. Holy shit! It's got like jalapenos, cherry peppers, all kinds of peppers, just this like little spicy sauce on it, and it's a delicious. My mouth is watering. I swear to God, my mouth is watering while I'm saying this. Oh my God, I'm st- I just want to pig out like a fa- I, f- I honestly, I feel like somebody who's just going back to drugs when I talk about pizza. Pizza is... Like, I would be like... Pizza, it would be like... If I was like, you know, Doc Gooden or Daryl Strawberry in the 80s and you find out that like they went back to Coke for the sixth time and you're like, what the fuck? Like, that's how I would be with pizza. There would just be reports. It'd be like, yeah, comedian Paul Verzi, did you hear? He got... He got suspended from shows. He fucking went back to he went back to pizza. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I love it, but this cherry bomb pizza is really good. One of my favorite toppings of all time on pizza now, probably since college, is a buffalo chicken pizza. If you get an amazing slice of pizza and there's buffalo chicken on it, it's completely epic. It's unbelievable. It's 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 incredible. And then what you do is you dip your crust in blue cheese. And if it's a nice soft but you know crispy crust all at the same time, and you have a quality blue cheese, it's 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 everything you could. I mean, well, what else can I say? It's amazing. Um, but I went back. You know, I went old school. And the greatest old school topping of all time, hands down, it's the Jordan of toppings, is pepperoni. Pepperoni is old school, like, it's just an old school way to do it. You get, like, not a lot of cheese, and then you just get, like, well done, thin and crispy with pepperonis, like, burnt on the top. It's, it's incredible. So I would say, yeah, Jordan is pepperoni. Then the specialty slices. They got this one slice of chicken, chicken carparello or something like that. Or scarparello or some shit. Um, I said this place, really good pizzeria. 
in uh, Mount Kisco, and it's uh, chicken with this like gravy sauce on it, and it's got hot peppers on it. It's delicious. But like gun to my head, regular pizza really good. You don't need anything. You don't even need you don't need salt. You don't need pepper. You don't need grated cheese. A really good slice. You need nothing. It's just the cheese. It's the sauce, and it's the bread. And if it's quality, and I believe it's the grande cheese, which is the best in the world. Like if you go to a really good pizzeria in New York City, it's grande cheese is what they use. Go to your pizzeria and ask. They know about it. But so a really good regular slice. So let's put that aside because pizza is delicious. But gun to my head, if I had to go, if I had to go topping for the rest of my life, gun to my head, it would probably, it would be either pepperoni or buffalo chicken. I would probably have to say, if, if somebody said you could only have one top and the rest of I would probably say the buffalo chicken only because it will get you more full. And I feel like pepperoni is something that you could really get sick of. But buffalo chicken, it's just chicken and spice. I feel like that's, you know, the pepperoni is a definitely a significant type of, you know, significant type of, of taste. Where the chicken is, is, you know, it's chicken and you could get it spicy how you want it. So I, w- I would do that. But those are two amazing, amazing toppings. Another topping, which is underrated and it gets a bad name. Okay. It's the pit bull of toppings. It gets a bad rap, but it's anchovies. Okay. Anchovies are the pit bull of, holy shit, I have to write that down. Anchovies. Our pit bull of toppings. All right. Wow, that's going to be funny. But right? I think that's a really good analogy. I, I think that's what it is. It gets the people like, oh, no, no. You know, you go to a rescue foundation, you want a dog with a family, you just look at a pit bull like, no, no, I mean, I'm doing it now. No, no, you can't. But then there are some really good ones. Anchovies. People are like, ugh, it's fish, it's gross, it's too strong. You just put one to three anchovies on it. Like if you get a big slice, you put one on the bottom and then one in the upper right-hand corner and one in the upper left-hand corner. And you just let it cook into the cheese and the sauce and you bite it. Absolutely fucking delicious. It's delicious. Anchovies get a bad rap. It's a good topping. You know, sausage and peppers is always good, but that gets that gets way too filling. And then you like it, sausage and peppers is almost like the Chinese food of toppings, where it's a great idea at first, and then after you bite it, you're like, ah, you know, you're, you're kind of like, ah, you know, I had one or two slices, I'm kind of done. I feel like a fat pig, and I just, you, you don't want that. And and I think sometimes people go too big. Like my older brother, he likes he's like a meat lover. He's like a meat lover pizza. Like he'll get like meatballs, sausage, bacon. He gets the whole thing. It's like I don't want to eat a fucking Nerf football after to feel like I ate a Nerf football after two slices. I don't want to do that. I go thin. I go crispy. But it's got to be properly done now. This is important. You know, you got to go like. Excuse me. This fucking seltzer. What? Hold on. I'm sorry. You got to go thin and crispy, but you still can't, you can't compromise the taste. You can't, you know, you can't compromise the bread. You have to make sure that if it's crispy on the outside, you still bite and you get the soft bread on the inside. It's very important. Another underrated topping by itself is onions. It's, it, it's, it is an acquired taste. It's, it's not like, you know, it's. Kind of like the first time you sip a scotch or a whiskey, you're like, I don't know, I don't know what to feel about this. But then after a while, you're like, holy shit, I could go for onions on a pie. If you're listening to this podcast today, whenever you are, if you don't eat pizza tomorrow, I did not do my job. Okay, listen to me. If you're on a diet, I don't care. I'm giving you permission. You can, I'm giving you the out and the excuse where you're like, you know what? I wasn't going to eat pizza, but I heard that podcast. I'm going to get myself some pizza. So you're welcome. All of those places that have pizzerias, all my listeners, local pizzerias should thank me. You're welcome, but you got to do it. What are you going to do? The possibilities are endless. You're going to go cherry bomb. You're going to go buffalo. You're going to go pepperoni. Why don't you bold up for a day and throw three anchovies on it and text me tomorrow? 
here's three anchovies and call me in the morning. Text me or message me and say, you know what, thank you for that. It's not disgusting. I love when people say it's disgusting, it's fish. So what, what, what does that even mean? Do you tuna fish? Yes, you eat tuna fish. Fuck, it's a little fucking, it's, it's delicious, man. Oh my God, on, on, on Caesar salad, so... Uh, pizzerias go to Grimaldi's in Brooklyn is great. Um, a lot of people say Joe's in Manhattan. I know I've talked about pizza before on the podcast. I think a while back for New York City Pizza with Chris Italia, we talked about it. But Frank Pepe's, you know, Frank Pepe's in New Haven is worth the drive. Uh, I believe there's one in Yonkers. There is one in Yonkers on Central Avenue. I've been there. That's a great one. And I think there might be one in Danbury. And if there is, I'm going to go pretty soon. But I already cheated today. So I'm going to try to stay away from pizza. There is one slice wrapped up in aluminum foil in my refrigerator right now. And I'm I'm just because of this podcast, I'm thinking about just heating it up and then eating it while chewing, having an evil laugh while the oil drips down the side of my cheek. But I'm going to try, really try not to do that. So that's why I cheated on my diet. And I hope after that description, you're with me. Oh, and chocolate after pizza? Holy shit. All right, so here's another thing going on in my life, everybody. I'm gonna run right down the, right down the list here of of the, of the comedy, then into the personal life. Um, I told you guys that I got this mattress. We spent like four thousand dollars on this Tempur-Pedic. It was called like the Tempur-Pedic. Um, Wraps it. It was a Tempur-Pedic mattress. It was really expensive, and we thought that because it was a firm one, but it sunk in a little, but was still firm. So our whole thing was okay. Maybe you sink in a little, and then you get the heart. Like then it goes down to the firm part. So your your joints aren't going to ache, but it'll fix my back. Now I have a herniated disc in my back. I have since 1997, and you, I've had for years. I've either been uncomfortable, have to stretch my hamstrings to keep it loose where I'm not in pain, always could never really have a big gut. That's actually the one thing about, like, I could never really get heavy because it would it would bother me. So if I ever did slip, I would actually feel it in my back. So that was a good thing. You know, it's probably <laughs> probably this herniated disc from keeping me from being a fat fuck. But um, when my wife and I first got our bed, it, I was cured. The, the bed that we got, we got this bed from Macy's and it was amazing and it was firm. And I, and I said, I said to my wife, I was like, Stace, I can't believe that I even contemplated surgery. Now I know why all the surgeons said, make sure surgery for a herniated disc is the absolute last option. You don't want to get it at all. And you know, in my mind, I'm like, man, I know people that did it, you know, when athletes get it, they're uncomfortable. And what they do is they shave the disc down and it relieves you of pain. And I was like, why don't I just do that? And then we got this mattress and I was cured. And I was like, oh my God, that saved us money. And I feel great. And then six, seven years later, I started to feel it again. It would be on and off. And we got the Tempur-Pedic and the Tempur-Pedic still left some kind of feeling lingering in my back and my leg. So we went back we had a 90-day, Tempur-Pedic gives you a 90-day guarantee, and they know people aren't going to do that. So we were going to be stuck with this thing pretty much, or, you know, they give you a 25-year guarantee. But, you know, once you stick with it after 90 days, you're not doing anything. But we were at, like, 30 days, and I'm like, I don't, you know, she's like, let's not do it. So we went back to Sleepy's, the mattress professionals. We went back to them. We told them what was happening. We switched it. We got a regular non-Tempur-Pedic kind of firm mattress like we did when we first got married. And I took a nap on it today for like an hour and a half. And I'm not even kidding. I felt my leg and my back just straighten out and get rejuvenated with a nap. So tonight's going to be my first night on this thing. And I'm looking forward I'm looking forward to it. So I'm hoping. Because a mattress is underrated and you cannot put a price tag on a good mattress or a good pillow. You cannot. People take that shit for granted. People go, I don't give a fuck. Just give me, give me shit. I'll sleep on a bed of nails as long as I'm laying down. No, you cannot think like that. And you can ne- don't go too soft with a mattress. This podcast is turning into all just comfort and food and laying down sleeping. This pot, like somebody fat and lazy right now is 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 loving this. 
You know, I, I should have known it was going to turn into this because I, I brought a bag of craisins with me and some seltzer. Not that that's fat people shit, but just the fact that, you know, I was chewing something at the beginning and drinking something. It, it, it's kind of funny, but no, I mean, I'm telling you. You, you know, you don't think about it. People take it for granted. People take it for, I, I think my, me and my wife still need to get better pillows. You know, and I don't want to spend $900 on a pillow. I really don't. I don't give a shit what it does. I mean, that that's a little much. Like, if I have a nice mattress and a decent pillow, that's good. But I don't need, you know, some, you could get crazy with pillows. But I'll tell you, don't get your pillows from Target or Walmart or shitty places like that. Because they flatten out and it sucks. You know, they get as flat. You might as well sleep on a, on a newspaper after a while. It sucks. You know, put a pillowcase over a couple of magazines and that's what these bullshit pillows from Walmart do. You got to get some fluff. Got to get your neck support. So, that's where we're at. Sleepies came today. They took out the mattress. They put in the new one. Got a new box spring for the for the, for the other for the other uh, bed. And hopefully my back gets cured. So it would be funny if I just ate pizza and blew up like a fat animal. And I was like, yeah, but it doesn't matter about my back anymore because I got this mattress. <laughs> my wife would be like, why are you? Okay. Here's another thing I'm going to get personal with. I don't care. I'm balding and I'm just going to just keep letting my hair grow. Because I've been using Rogaine foam for like two years now. And it went from like, like a lot of my friends that were like bald in high school, like they, they just shaved their head and they just let like the middle of their head and the back of their head and the hair die. And like mine hasn't because I've always did something. Like when I was living in the city, I, I put this, this shit on it. So like I always kind of kept the hair a lot, even though it's like thinning on the top. And I always shaved my head. And, and the cool thing was I always shaved my head from like 18. So before I was losing my hair, you know, and it was going thin, I shaved my head. So I never had an issue with with with, with my hair going thin ever because I got a nice round. Th- thank God. Thank God. I have like, everyone's like, man, you got the head to be bald. Like you're, you're supposed to be bald. But I always just still kind of put something there. Even when I shaved it, just tell, you know, cause I never liked it when like you could tell when it's dead, dead. You know, when you see somebody bald and it's just fucking dead, like there's nothing, you know what I mean? Like you, you there, it's over. Like I didn't want that. So I've been using Rogaine. I used to all kinds of stuff. And I guess like after two years of Rogaine is actually having my hair and like come back. Like I have like hair on the top top part of my head, so I'm just gonna keep going. I'm just gonna keep going with it. I'm just gonna fucking just see. I'm just gonna get it all. Oh no, I probably I say that now and then. Like I mean, I can't look like a fucking sloppy, you know, for auditions and stuff. But um, I don't know. If you're bald and you have a fucked up head, man, it's bad. It's really bad. But uh, so that's what's going on. And now here's the final thing. I told you guys about the dog that I was looking to get. The Visla, Hungarian dog. Great dog, great family dog, all that stuff. But today I was going on Pet Finder. And Pet Finder had all these like amazing like mixed looking dogs that were awesome. And there's all these shelters over here. So now I'm really confused. I just don't know what to do. I don't know what dog to get. Do I go into a rescue shelter and get a great mix? They had this awesome dog. They had this Great Dane Boxer mix. It was awesome. They had a... They had... um, You ever see an Australian Shepherd? They got like light eyes. They had a mix with that and maybe like a lab or something. The thing was sick. Uh, German Pointer mixes are awesome. So I don't know. I'm gonna. Who knows what's gonna be running around here in the next month or week or day? I could go get one tomorrow. I could. I don't know anymore. It's hard because getting a dog is not like getting a car. You can't mix a car. You go. There's like ten different makes or models or whatever. I mean, mainstream ones, and you get it, and then that's it. You either go Japanese, German, American. The dog is like 300 breeds. What do you do? I don't know what to do. Mutts live longer. Some of them are really cool. Shepherd mixes are cool. I don't know. 
Let me go, let me know if you guys know of any good shepherd mixes or any good mixes that are really nice. I'm sorry, I am slugging back this seltzer like I have like I've been in a desert. I've been drinking during this podcast like I've been in a desert for 15 days without a sip. Thirsty as shit, man. Is that a bad is that like a health thing? Right after this podcast, I'm gonna Google why am I so thirsty? And then there's gonna be possibilities of diabetes, and then I'm gonna fucking not be able to sleep on my new mattress tonight. Boom. Beautiful callback. Didn't even know I was doing it. Anchovies are the pit bulls of pizza toppings. That is the line of episode 131. What else do we have to talk about here? Yeah, so let me know if you guys know of any mixes. But I guess it doesn't matter because if somebody says, oh, this mix is great or this mix is great. Somebody said pit bull mixes are the best. Somebody said this and that. I'm just going to go... Here's what's going to happen. We're going to go to a rescue foundation, and there's going to be this cute, adorable, awesome dog that my daughter or son wants. Me and my wife are going to love it, and we're going to take it home. Then we're going to talk about the dogs and tell people why we got this dog, but we're going to be talking about this other dog that was there that we also liked, and we didn't know what to do, and it was a hard decision. And then this weekend, we're going to go, and we're going to get that fucking dog. And we're going to have two mutts running around here. And then three months later, I'm going to be pissed off I didn't get a Vizsla. And then I'm going to end up getting the Vizsla, and I'm going to have two mutts and a Vizsla running around this huge property of mine. And I got the two cats, and then I'm going to have the three dogs. And then we're probably going to end up utilizing this chicken coop that I have in my backyard. I'm going to have fucking chickens running around here. That's what's going to happen. This is no longer going to be the Verzi. This is going to be the Verzi farm up here in upstate New York. And I'm down. I am down. You know what? Today I sat in the backyard with my kids while my wife was at work and she, you know, we were getting ready for her to come home and have dinner. And I was just throwing around my son's airplane toy. As hard and as far as I could throw it in my backyard. The kids running around in the jungle gym. And I'm looking up at the sky and the mountains and everything. And I'm saying, what else do I need? I am fucking good right now. I am good. I'm not sitting in New York traffic. I don't have to go on stage tonight. I'm hanging out with my kids. I'm running around playing Ninja Turtles with my son. And um, and that's it. And then I'm going to go talk about pizza to uh, a bunch of strangers who don't even know me. I mean, I'm happy, guys. I'm happy. That's all I could say. Appreciate what you got. Go get yourself a pie today. All right. So, we got some stuff to talk about. We got Unacceptable for the week. We got some sports. Uh, I didn't see a movie, but I'll talk about some movies that I want to see. And and then um, do some plugs. And that'll be it. But um, unacceptable for the week. This was a no-brainer for the week. Sometimes when it comes to the unacceptables, I'm like, man, I don't know. You know, this happened today. That was kind of unacceptable. This person was a dick. Maybe I should, you know, kind of roast them a little bit. This, that, this, that, all that stuff. No, 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 no. Not this week, everybody. Plain and simple. Very easy. Unacceptable for the week are the beards on the Boston Red Sox. Okay. Now let me I'm gonna get into this. I'm sorry if you're a Boston Red Sox fan or if you're a Boston fan, you're not gonna like this. Okay, but I, I, I'm, I'm going right now, and I don't care, and it's not bias. It's not bias because you guys have won some World Series. I've talked to It is well documented that baseball and me kind of are on a falling out for the past couple of years. I mean, yes, I took my son to a Yankee game. Yes, I'm a Yankee fan, but I think baseball has been ruined. I think baseball has been shitty because of steroids. I think it's been shitty because of, you know, only six or seven teams can win, including my team. I just think it's all bullshit. I think it's silly. I think the fact that a guy does something just monumental and phenomenal and then you find out it was because he was cheating is sickening and and, and baseball's been over to me. So I'm not going at it because of that. I've said many times Tom Brady's one of the best. Tom Brady, in my mind, is the best quarterback to ever live. I'm going to get into that in this too. I'm going to say it again. I don't care if I repeat myself on this thing. Tom Brady is, is, is incredible for, for many, many reasons. And what he did yesterday is just another example and another chapter in that in that and, and, and on his resume. But 
unacceptable for this week. Now, this is what the Red Sox do. And for you people who are like, oh, you Yankee fans think it's about you. It is. The Red Sox have a policy, like all that facial hair stuff. It's all the anti-Yankee clean-shaving stuff, okay? The Steinbrenners, the Yankee owners, the Yankee policy is they like people to kind of be clean-shaven. You know, that's what they want with their ball club. Listen, fine. People could say, oh, you know, that's a little cunty. That's a little, you know, that's a little pretentious bullshit and, and snobby. Fine. I, I'll, I'll be, you know, willing to agree with that to a certain extent. But, you know, I also think that something about it has to do with kind of like carrying yourself a certain way, the way that certain corporations do it. I'm not saying that baseball should be a corporation. I'm just saying that I get it. You know, it's not like they're it's not like they're doing anything wrong. It's just they want their players to look a certain way. And you could have like a mustache. They just don't want you to have like look dirty. Now the Red Sox have this anti-Yankee policy where like facial hair and looking like a dirt bag is just saying like this is what we do. We don't want to be like them. And I even get that. Okay, I think it's a little childish and silly and stupid, but you know what? When you're secondary to a far superior organization, you got to come up with something. Now, here's the thing. The Red Sox aren't doing that. They're not like having like little five o'clock shadows or like, you know, if you guys have seen my beard, like I have a, I, I posted, I'm going to post a picture of my beard on Twitter after because I had an argument with, well, it was really funny yesterday, but anyway, and I'm going to read some of the, some of the some of the back and forth tweets that that we did, but uh, or I'm sorry, back and forth text messages. But the Red Sox take it to a level where they actually have beards that are coming low, up to like three, two to four inches big. I mean, Jared Saltalamakia has got a fucking jerry curl and and this gigantic, almost like fake disguise beard on that's real. It's it's an absolute embarrassment that a grown man would look like that. He looks like he's in a fucking Halloween costume. It's ridiculous. It is unacceptable. And that Johnny Gomes guy with that stupid, you know, Santa Claus fucking dirt shitty thing on his face. It's ridiculous. Okay, it's it's such a stupid, over-the-top thing for a grown man to look like that. They look like they're in Halloween costumes. Look at yourself, okay? And shame on the women you're with, and shame on anybody that you go out to dinner with, even somebody you went to a diner with at 3 o'clock in the morning. I don't give a shit that you're a professional baseball player. You look like an asshole. It's unacceptable. David Ortiz, Big Poppy, his is normal. He's got a little thing going on, that's fine. I'm talking about these big, weird, bearded, freaky, fucking mountain men-looking assholes who are like in a major city of sports like Boston looking like they should be fucking hacking down trees, you know, in, in somewhere in the mountains. It's ridiculous. Unacceptable for the week unacceptable you look like you're in halloween costumes and if you win this if you win the stupid world series okay it, it, it's such it's it's it actually makes me feel better if you win because your stupid appearance taints the championship just like that asshole jonathan papelbon doing a river dance in speedos like a fucking douche boston is a great boston is a great baseball town they really are their fans are great and knowledgeable, but some of the shit that they do is so stupid. Stupid beards and all the dirt bags and the fucking, you know. So we were getting into, so I was getting into, um, I got into a message last night with uh, Bill Burr and we had this battle on, um, we had this battle maybe an hour long of, of text messages and it, it was hilarious. So I'm, I'll give you guys some little excerpts here. Okay. Of, of how this all started. And I think that this is so funny. This went on for maybe even more, maybe two hours, all hours of the night we're doing this because I was so disgusted with what I was watching. I congratulated Bill on his team winning, but I had to say something. The beards on the Boston Red Sox are are so unacceptable that it's probably in my top 10 of passionate unacceptables to see a grown man come to the plate and look like that just just because it, it it's, it's it's something cool or, or it's it's a band together thing. It's it's so fucking, you know, we're a, we're a fucking we're a fucking, you know, 
some kind of like wristband to all come together that's a color. You know, you don't look like that. When you got kids, you should be ashamed of yourself. You should be ashamed of yourself that you look like that. It's ridiculous. Fucking Halloween costume. All right, here we go. Oh my God, this goes so far back that I don't even know. Uh, then he started, of course, then he started shitting on New York uh, championships. Oh my God, this is this keeps going back. He starts making fun of my style. I think you guys are going to get a, a kick out of this. And then, then during this, I texted him a picture of my face because he said I my, I looked like Justin Pedroia, and I hate Justin Pedroia's face because his face is unacceptable. But I have a little bit of a beard, so he tried to say that. Okay, the co- it's got nothing to do with the. Oh my God, this is still going back. Okay, here we go. You ready? Here we go. He texted me, Poppy, Grand Slam, tie game. I text him, I just turned it on. Dude, the Sox beards are so fucking stupid. The whole anti-Yankee facial hair is so douchey. They look ridiculous. Grow up, babies. Laugh out loud. He says, has nothing to do with the Yankees. Laugh out loud. You guys think everything is about you. Clean-shaven roid heads. At least we look the part. I said, they... They said it's a Yankee, it's an anti-Yankee rule. That's because they're trying to piss you off. Then I said, you guys look like lumberjack morons. You're baseball players, the worst. And he said, and, and he said, yeah, well, it pisses you off. It, and then I said, it works. And he says, yeah, it is working, laugh out loud. And then I say, the Reds, <laughs> this is out of nowhere, I go, the Redskins stink. And he goes, dude, there was nothing... <laughs> Worse than Johnny Damon going to the barber like he was joining the fucking boy band. Then he says, RG3 stinks. He machoed his career away in his first year. And then I said, a shame. I hope he could come back. He says, Poppy is a legend. I said, yeah, he is. Every bit as clutch as Jeter. Then I say, easy. Then he says, just fucking with you. Then I said, Theo Epstein is puking somewhere. (laughs) Then he says, all these Tiger fans were already gloating about winning this game on Twitter. How many fucking baseball games do you have to watch? Then he said, he's the odd man out. Everybody else landed on their feet. And I said, never... Never enough runs in that sandbox you call a ballpark. Lucas, you know, my son can go yard there. These guys' face is unacceptable. That poppy home run is a pop-up in so many other ballpark. These guys got fuck This guy, and then I'm watching Salt Lamaki, and I wrote, this guy's got fucking Jerry Curl. Wow. And he says, laugh out loud, you still hate us. And I said, always. Then they win. I said, congratulations. Great win for you guys. Ortiz is a monster. Then I say, out of nowhere, lock of the year was Jags getting 28. No joke, I should have taken it. Biggest spread since the 70s. So insulting. Easy couple of honey. Um, he said, dude, your hatred of the Red Sox is hilarious. You had the game on for three seconds. Look at their beards. Is that a Jerry Curl? Unacceptable. Nothing is worse than A-Rod's face. I put laugh out loud. Then he says, Andy Pettit's nostrils is a distant second. Then <laughs> I said, dude, half your team looks like they're in fucking Halloween costumes. It's embarrassing. He said, not as embarrassing as missing the playoffs. And then this is where we started taking shots. So what would you do if the st- <laughs> what would you do if the stand had a no facial hair policy? I said, too, uh, what did I say? Touche, but you look like touche, but we don't look like assholes. I guess that was from another thing. That's so funny. And he said something uh, comedian. I said I'd keep working at the stand and other clubs, then shaving it and (laughs) ask them to have me back. He said, you guys are roided up cheaters just like everyone else. Enough with the Notre Dame. Um, Holier, then that bullshit. Uh, We're the 77-78 Yankees. Oh, we're, I'm sorry, were the 77-78 Yankees an embarrassment? I said, historians and legacy builders would come to Yankees. Laugh out loud, no Yankee ever looked like these fucking clowns. It really looks silly. That Jerry Curl dude looks like a trick-or-treater. 
And he says, nah, they would sign as many free agents. By the way, what is a legacy builder? <laughs> is that a profession? And I said, the fact that a grown man can allow himself to look like that is a sin. And he said, the 77, 78 Yanks looked like porn, porn stars. I laughed out loud. He said, look, you know, he's talking about Thurman Munson. He said, this clean-shaven bullshit is just another Yankees jerk-off. I said, just a mustache. I said, Goose Gossage was unacceptable, but nobody else was overboard. And he said, you guys were amazing before before we were born. Now you buy titles like everybody else. I get it, Paul. You think the Yankees are more dreamy. <laughs> I said, you, and then he said, you like to have a poster. You, you sound like you have a poster over your bed. I said, gentlemen, Bill, gentlemen, clean-shaven dudes who look like men, not a young Santa Claus. Then he says, Paul, you look like a red sock. See, now it starts getting personal. By the way, I'm just reading these. I hope you guys are enjoying it because you probably stopped listening, but I think this is funny. So then I said, dude, you, uh, dude, have you seen the length of those beards? Fucking awful. Then he says, get used to it. Then I text him a picture of my face, and I said, this is an acceptable length beard, not like you jackasses. He said, maybe you can sign a few in the off season uh, and make a playoff run. You look like a Jersey meathead. Nothing, gentlemen, about your whole head. <laughs> you look like Pedroia. And I said, Jeter wouldn't be caught dead looking like that. Where do you think Jeter watched the game tonight, he said, laugh out loud. I said, uh, nothing Jersey about it. Nice, even beard. I'm still taking the personal thing he said about me and trying to fuck it. Then he said... Paulie, point is, you look like a dirt bag. I said, with this head, <laughs> oh, then I he said, where do you think Jeter is watching the game tonight? And my response after he said, I look like a dirt bag. I said, with his head resting on Miss Universe's snatch. <laughs> That's where Jeter's watching it. He said, so until you clean up your act, you leave those Red Sox alone. What a gentleman! And then I put laugh out loud. He said, she's probably nineteen. And then, uh, whatever, he's fucking with Jeter. And I said, God bless him. He's a young man, and he'd be banging nobody with a, be uh, with a beard like the one you guys rock. And he said, Yankees, roids, free agents, and $80 beers. Uh, I said, I'd, I'd have to grow mine six months to get that point. Anyway, we could keep going back and forth. He said, Paul, you look like Pedroia. You have no class. You have no style. I said, no way, no way. I got style. He said, you aren't a historian or a legacy builder. I said, laugh out loud. He said, you have zero style. He said, you look, you dress like the Wiz is still around. <laughs> laugh out loud. Uh, what? Not true. I could rock shit. And I started laughing. And he said, crazy Eddie. And then he says, you wore sneakers at Carnegie Hall. And I said, yeah, but they're they were Jordans. And we just go back and forth talking about it. But that that went on. Okay, that started right after Big Poppy hit the Grand Slam, and then it just went on for hours. So I, I know that that was, I can't even believe how much time I just took with that. I'm sorry. That was almost for my entertainment as much as it was yours. So if you didn't like that, I'm sorry. But that was me and Burr going back and forth last night with all this shit talking. Uh, I can't even believe I didn't even get to anything else in sport. That's unacceptable for the week is the Boston Red Sox's beards. Okay, send me a picture on Facebook and that just says unacceptable or on Twitter because it's ridiculous. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, we're not like the Yankees. We're gonna we're gonna grow our beards. We're gonna be anti-Yankee. It's so douchey. Shut up. Stop it. Grow up. So that's unacceptable for the week. Okay. Other sports. I'm gonna go out on a limb here, and I made this prediction before, and I was wrong. Okay, and I know that. You know, I make a lot of sports predictions on here. A lot of times my teams do well. Sometimes they don't. But I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that I don't think the the New York Giants are done yet. I don't think that the 0-6 New York Giants are done yet. And when I say done, again, do I think they're going to go on a huge run and make the playoffs? Probably not. But I don't think they're going to—I think they're going to rage— Against the dying of the light, maybe is that is that like they're not gonna go, they're not gonna go easy. 
is what I'm saying. I think that this Giants team needs one win. And I think if they would have got it against the Bears, I thought they should have got it against the Bears. Okay, I, I, you know, what can you say? Eli threw that Eli threw that pick. It went over that white guy's head. I was upset that he threw it to the white guy because I felt like if he threw it to an athletic man, they would have caught it. But uh, I looked at the play again, and it was Eli's fault, you know. We were on the 30. We were marching down, and I thought the Giants were going to win the game 28-27 and go on a run, be 1-5, you know, beat the Vikings, be 2-5, and and then be right in the thick of it in the division, and it didn't happen. But I'll say this. I think the Giants need to win one game and get that locker room feeling good and Eli get his confidence back, and then that offense can do it. Unfortunately, our line stinks, but they, you know, David Deal being back made us a little better. Um, hopefully this long layoff can get guys that were hurt and healthy and uh, and get back to, to winning ways. So I'm just going to say, you know, the Giants winning, you know, three of their next five and then winning, you know, again. And then, you know what I mean? I, like if I could see the Giants winning four of their next five or six games and being, you know, being four and seven. And then the division is like they're only two away and doing something. I'm going to say that. I don't think they're done yet. I really don't. And I know it looks completely awful, but I I think that they're going to make a run. And, and listen, I'll be the first to say, hey, I was wrong. They didn't. But I just saw something against the Bears that let me know. And I know the Bears aren't a good team. The Bears aren't a good team. The Bears started off good. People thought they were good. They're not. They're inconsistent. Cutler is still inconsistent. And all you got to do to beat the Bears is get to Cutler. That that You've seen that. Cutler wants no part of getting hit anymore because the last two years he's been like a he's been like a rag doll just getting knocked around. He doesn't want that anymore. So I'm telling you, I, I really like I would be completely shocked if the Bears really did anything, you know, down the stretch in the NFC, especially with the you know the the teams like the Niners and the and the Packers and the in the Seahawks. So I, I'm not I'm not concerned with the Bears. But I saw something in the Giants that let me know, like, you know what, this team's got some shit in the tank. They just need to fucking, you know, like, you can't give the ball up that many times. Like, you can't fucking throw that many picks. I mean, the guy, what did he throw? He threw two picks. He threw a pick six and another interception, the first two possessions you had, and still had a chance to go down and win the game at the end. That just goes to show you if that shit stops, we we got a decent shot to, to fucking be in a game. You just can't give the ball up that many times. The guy threw 15 picks all year last year. He threw 15 already this year. You can't do that and win. You shouldn't even be close to winning. But I think they're going to go on a run. I think they're going to get their shit together. I think they're going to play really good against the Vikings. I think they're going to beat the Vikings on Monday Night Football next week and then after that win, go on a little bit of a run and not lose for a few weeks. That's my prediction. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. You heard it here first on the Verzi Effect. And if that one's wrong, I'm not making any more predictions. The only prediction I'm going to stick with this year will be that I think the 49ers are going to play the Denver Broncos in the Super Bowl. That was my prediction before week one. I'm sticking with it. I think they're both coming together. I think that the NFC Championship game will be probably Seattle and the 49ers, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. just want to make the prediction the Giants aren't done. The New York Knicks. I heard, you know, they're they're starting to look. Their their defense is going to probably look pretty good. Um, you know, it's going to be really tough with, uh, you know, in the in the East. But, you know, Brooklyn got better. Oh, I hate Brooklyn. And if you're a Knicks fan, I already did that unacceptable. A Knicks fan who just switched over to the Brooklyn Nets is nothing worse. There's nothing worse in sports than that. So we'll see what happens. But. Um, so that's it for sports. Uh, I'm hoping that the in baseball, even though I'm not watching, I'm rooting, uh, obviously against the Red Sox, but I'm rooting for the Dodgers because of Don Mattingly and Magic Johnson. I would love to see Don Mattingly and Magic Johnson pouring champagne on each other's heads in a locker room. That would just be a really cool sight for sports, um, and it would be great to see Donnie Baseball get a ring, and it would be see, great to see Donnie Baseball get that feeling. You know, if he couldn't do it as a player going through those tough years with the Yankees, if he could do it as a manager with the Dodgers, that would be awesome. So they won tonight against St. Louis, so I'm really going to be rooting for them and watching them. Watching the Dodgers when when I can. I mean, who am I kidding? I'm probably gonna watch one inning and hope they win. I'm not gonna fucking watch it, but that that's what I'm rooting for. So uh, October is the best month for sports. Uh, October is when the NBA starts. It's when football's going. I know hockey is going, and it's when baseball playoffs are there. So everything. This is the biggest and best month for sports. 
um, meaningful games in the NFL, the most important games in baseball, and you get the start of basketball to let you know that you have something to look forward to after. It's awesome month of sports, so enjoy it. If you're a Verzi Effect fan, and I hope your team is, is doing good until they play my team. Um, and that's it. That's it for sports. But watch out for those New York Giants against uh, the Vikings, uh, it, you know, next Monday night. And I realized I was going to play basketball next Monday night, but I can't. I got to watch Eli throw three picks. And I can't believe. And, and oh, oh, and this is one last point that I want to make. I give Tony Romo a lot of shit and I say Tony Ono oh, and all that. But one thing I really do like is some of these new players on these teams don't run the right routes. And they're the reason for the picks. And the, and the quarterback never throws them under the bus in a press conference. You know, Tony Romo, you know, there are times where Romo, I mean, listen, Romo fucks up a lot, but there are times where that guy, you know, I mean, that guy's a great quarterback. Let's be honest. The guy throw, puts up 400-yard games, and, you know, if you have, like, Eli had some, you know, new personnel and new guys, and, like, you know, it's just when you're not at the right place and you commit to throwing it there, that's what's going to happen. But I love how those guys just, you know, those are good quarterbacks. That's the thing. These are great quarterbacks making these mistakes, and it's not always on them, but they just take it and keep going, so hopefully they can figure it out. Okay, I heard from my buddy Joe Matarese today who said that he felt like he was in space for over an hour and a half when he saw Gravity, and he said he thinks I'll love it. I didn't get a chance to see the movie yet. I don't even know what to think about, about it, but I'm hearing great things, and I want to see Gravity. So I'm going to check out Gravity, and I'll do a review on it. I'm probably going to see it with my buddy because um, I'm a little excited. I don't know if you guys know. Uh, Jason Lawhead was on my podcast. Jason Lawhead is a good friend of mine. And Jason is a Cleveland comedian who lives in Los Angeles. I was introduced to Jason and heard about Jason through through Bill Burr, as you guys know. Uh, Jason opens up for Bill sometimes on the, on the West Coast and... Um, Everybody said, man, wait till you and Lawhead meet. And like when I tell you me and Lawhead, like we just click so well, it's just dangerous because we're like the same kind of drinker where we just, we get super happy. We never want the night to stop. But like that's kind of bad because like we'll drink a bottle of scotch or whiskey till like six in the morning and then wake up miserable and then, you know, just laugh all night and do it. Like so my wife is like, oh, I'm happy Jason's coming, but you guys got to be careful. Um, he's coming here. And I'm sure one night when we lay low, which I'm hoping is more than one night, we're going to probably check out the movie. But Jason's coming here. We're going to hang. We're going to go to Burr's wedding. And then he will be down there with me in Myrtle Beach at um, Carolina Comedy Club October 22nd through the 26th. But it's going to be, it's probably going to be a shit show. I'm not going to lie. And uh, he said some funny shit because he, he's, a, he's a Cleveland Browns fan. And he's like, man, he goes, he's in as a Cleveland Browns fan. I'm pulling for the Giants. Like, holy shit, what's going on with them? And. He said some really funny shit. He, he Lawhead said, "How funny is this?" He said, the, "The Giants, the Giants' offensive line has more tackles than the defensive line because of all the interceptions or something." Which is, it's just so funny and true and sad. Um. Oh, and this is also going on. This uh, um, wanted to. to I mean, if you are in the New York area, it's probably going to be sold out. But Wednesday night is the roast of Tony Saragusa. And the roast master is Jeffrey Ross. And um, me and Joe Matarese, uh wrote jokes for it. And uh, we got hired to write jokes for it. And we got some really good ones. So um, that's going to be Wednesday night. So I'm going to try to head down to Caroline's and watch that. It would be kind of cool to watch my jokes that I wrote for the roast. Um so I'll be down there that I'll be down there that night. But gonna get into some plugs here. I know I'm over an hour, and I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the show. I had a really good time on the show today. I really did. I uh, the show flew by for me. You know, uh, I, I look. I, I, all I know is I started talking about pizza, and I was 20 minutes in, and then I started reading stupid battles about you know with with me and Burr about the thing, and and that that took away a lot of time. But. Um, I've had I've had a blast with you guys here today, so I hope you guys did, and um, we'll get into some plugs now. But did not see a movie. I will review hopefully a movie, and uh, maybe I'll do a podcast with Lawhead. Maybe I'll do a bonus one. So don't hold me to this, but what I'm gonna do is I am going to maybe do just a bonus one and put it up in the middle of the week, and then get back to Sunday night. So maybe getting like three real quickly here. Hopefully, we'll see. 
Um, if not, it's because we're drinking and partying too much. But we'll get you'll, you know, you're definitely going to get one next week. But maybe I'll do a bonus one with Lawhead and we'll just do like a big sports one laughing and, and having a good time like that. So you guys can listen to that in the middle of the week. Uh, I'll try to get that done too. So uh, there you go. Now, here uh, are some plugs for the weekend. Like I said, I'm going to be at the Stress Factory in New Brunswick, New Jersey with Sherrod Small. Um, Thursday, uh, one show, two shows Friday, two shows Saturday, and I will be working on my half-hour submission for Comedy Central special. So um, if you are around that area, you live in that area, come out. It's going to be a great time. We're going to be hanging out afterwards. And, um, you know, I work with Sherrod a lot at the stand in New York or just see him in New York City. It's just a high energy, really funny show, you know, just awesome crowd interaction and stuff. And, and I'm going to be working on my, my Comedy Central set. So it's going to be a really, really good time. And um, I think you guys will enjoy it and get your money's worth. So come out there. That is this Thursday, which is the 17th, right? Yes, the 17th through the 19th at the Stress Factory in New Brunswick. And then on the 22nd to the 26th, myself and Jason Lawhead will be performing. Um, I will be headlining Carolina Comedy Club in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I will be at the beach. I will be playing golf. I will be smoking cigars and I will be sleeping in everything a man dreams of. That's what I'll be doing down there. So if you're down there, come out to those shows because that's going to be a good time. And um, yeah, I mean, that's it. That's it, everybody. So, um, wrapping this thing up, I guess we'll, we'll put a bow on this thing now. And and, and I, I think it's safe to say, uh, you know, we've learned some things today. Uh, we've learned that uh, even when you're dieting, pizza is incredible. Pizza is one of the greatest things. Pizza and air conditioning are probably two of the greatest things that ever happened to people. Um, what else? Get yourself a good mattress. It'll fix your back. Forget that stupid foamy Tempur-Pedic shit. Just go old school and get yourself a top-notch 2014 mattress. Um, what else? You know, mutts can be good. Who knows what dog I'm going to get. The Red Sox's faces are unacceptable. And um, that's it. I hope the Giants go on a little bit of a run. Got some good sports to look forward to and some comedy shows to do. That's it. That's the Verzi Effect. With your host, me, Mr. Paul Verzi, today is now Tuesday, October 15th. I will post this up tonight. You guys have just listened to 131 of the Verzi Effect. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you go get yourself some pizza after this. And please, just do, do yourself and everybody around you that sees you a favor. If you have a beard that exceeds two inches off of your face, just, just stop, just stop it, you just know, unless you're cutting down trees for a living or writing a novel, can you please just trim it down to a respectable length for you and everybody that loves you, all right, that's it everybody, until episode 132, my name is Paul Verzi, you guys listening to this other shit and greatly appreciated, and until episode 132, I will check you guys out later.